0: Time to fire up the grill.
1: Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler.
0: <laughs> you love their prices even more.
1: Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more.
0: Oh, Charbon. He's done it. Four. Salatelle. Aguero! Jay-Hill. Oh! Jay-Hill!
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub podcast. My name is Damon, and with me yet again this week, I just have one other person. But, Sammy, it is for a a fair enough reason this time that Woody can't join
0: us. It is a fair enough reason. I'm actually not keen to give him too much slack for this reason. I mean, the man's been in hospital for two nights, so... (laughs) Is he struck down with coronavirus? Yeah, we're not we're not going to kick him while he's down. He doesn't have coronavirus, <laughs> but he's got something going on that we're actually not too sure what it is. So I think that's the
1: scariest thing. Like that's why we're not talking smack about it as well, because yeah. it's like it could literally be anything. But yeah, I'm sure we'll be listening from the uh, hospital bed, or hopefully back at home by the time right, this episode comes out. Hopefully back at
0: home by the time the episode comes yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. If not, then
1: uh, we might not upload. it yeah, we might not alive. upload next <laughs> week. But yeah, um hopefully good well good luck to Woody when if you're listening hopefully you're at home. Hopefully you're feeling much better. And Sammy, there's something else we've got to get well I've got to get off my chest. And I've got to ask you cuz I actually haven't even asked you at, off off air and that is how was your date last week?
0: Oh, I knew this was coming. <laughs> uh, I'm so
1: disappointed Woody's not here to, to witness this as well.
0: Um yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was a good time. Enjoyed it. I actually is don't. That, have, is I, that all you're gonna give us? I don't have a lot to, to really report. To be honest, it was just you know. Well, where did
1: you go? Went to Arbury. Arbury, so a nice drink or ten?
0: Yeah, just a couple. Just it a was, couple? It was a nice, it was a nice, lovely Tuesday night, and, and it was really, uh, it was quite a pleasant evening. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. Are you gonna see her again? <laughs> <laughs> Look. I don't actually think that's up to me. <laughs> so. You're just going to leave it at that? We'll leave it at that.
1: Oh, Did you tell her about that you, you were on a pod?
0: Oh, it may have come up. It, might, it may have. I'm not.
1: Yeah, I think it did. It did. Fair enough. Well, if you're listening, <laughs> whoever this girl is, <laughs> you, it, the ball's in your court, apparently. Anyway, do you want to move on, Sam? Because you're going on. red. I want to move on. All right, let's move on. And now, Sammy, I've got... I've got a little story that I want to open up with. And it has something to do with one of the good mates of the podcast, Richard Bayliss, who we had on whilst you were, whilst LA, you were overseas. I yep. was overseas, yep. And he's a big Leeds supporter, as many would know that listened to the episode. And at the time, they were about nine, nine or 11 points clear of third in second place. Mm-hmm. And obviously in the championship, the yep. top two get promoted. So it was looking like they would finally rejoin the Premier League. And since then... They've bottled it yet again, and I think they're about level with Fulham in third. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so like they lost to Nottingham Forest on the weekend, but a few weeks ago they lost again. It was about one a.m., and I was like, "Ah, oh, he's obviously going to be watching. I'll send him a text." Anyway, he never replied, and so you know, it, it's not like we're exactly you know good mate status. So in hindsight, it was probably the wrong thing to do. So I was sitting there stressing. Anyway, this week again, I've I've needed to text him about something and he hasn't replied again.
0: Oh, damn it. So
1: I don't know if I've like completely bottled this relationship.
0: I think you, I think he might have.
1: I'm a bit I'm a little bit concerned and and honestly if you are listening Richard, which you are probably not, no. but, but, but <laughs> if you are, please reply to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperate for a reply here. But anyway, Sammy, just the four games this weekend, well three actually. One was washed out in the Premier League and because Woody's not here, I mean, you know what I'm about to ask you, isn't it?
0: You are. And you know what that means that we're actually gonna cover sixty six point six percent of the games.
1: We are. We are. It's so Unreal content. Unreal can... content. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sammy hit us with those quick fire results.
0: Well, we have got Everton down in Crystal Palace three one, Brighton drawing Watford one one, Sheffield beating Bournemouth two one and Man City and West Ham postponed. That you've
1: had the easiest one out of 32 episodes that we've done. But I also reckon I nailed it. <laughs> I, I didn't hear any mistakes. 32 mistake. episodes? Yeah, this is episode 32. Can That's a it? lot of months. It is. It's, I think is. We've been going for six months now. Unbelievable.
0: That's a lot of months. It is. All
1: right. Sam, we cannot talk about the Premier League without talking about this absolute fairy tale that is happening at the moment, and that is Sheffield United. And I want to have a look at their game against Bournemouth. So let's have a look at Sheffield versus Bournemouth. Now a chance for Sheffield United, and Moosey centres the ball, Lundström, and Sheffield United take the lead for the first time in the game, as John Lundström powers in to power home at the top end, the substitute scores, his fourth goal of the season is the Blades 2,
0: Bournemouth 1.
1: Alright, Lundström, the man of the moment, got the
0: job done in the 84th minute, honestly, Sammy... This, is this a story of the season? I don't think there's anything else that can top it. I mean, we know Liverpool haven't lost yet. I think, Yeah, I think
1: if Liverpool <laughs> lose, yeah, yeah. that that would make yeah. Sheffield the team of the season. Yeah, so. so
0: I think the jury's still out, but in terms of surprise packet of the year, there is absolutely no question. Mm-hmm. It, Did- apart from Arsenal being around 10th. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bit of a... oh, Is that even a surprise? Who knows? But no, nah, I think Sheffield have been absolutely amazing. And again, Woody's not here to celebrate with us, but...
1: Hopefully it's getting him through. <laughs> yeah, hopefully
0: it's getting him through. So nah, Damon, absolute, absolute, absolutely.
1: Um, does does Chris Wilder beat Jurgen Klopp for manager of the season, or does it also come back to that thing where if Liverpool can go undefeated, you can't take it off Klopp?
0: Um Well, I think in terms of expectation, I think he, he's overdone Klopp because I feel as if Liverpool's expectation top two minimum was a top two minimum yeah. and Yes, they've done that, but Sheffield's expectation was probably not to get relegated. Yeah, and if you take if you take those, without going into the tactics and the way the games played and whatnot, if you take those two commodities, I think yes. I also I also think that, um, being Australian, we love an underdog a lot that is, more anyway. That is so so I, true. we're also I think I'm I know I don't know about you, but I'm definitely skewed towards the Sheffield story, and therefore would decide with yeah, them.
1: I think it also, if they can manage to like, all right, top six would be incredible to see them go into Europa. But if they made the top four, that'd be obviously a first time in history for a...
0: Sheffield, Sheffield in the Champions League. And the best thing about it is that it's not even out of the question. Yeah, I know, they're 2 like, points behind Chelsea. they're genuinely 2 points behind Chelsea and with the way this season's going, Chelsea can lose to anybody. Any of the top any of the top 3 out of the top 4 can lose to pretty much anybody, as we've seen with Manchester City recently, um losing to Tottenham. Yeah, there's
1: there's room for movement there, isn't yeah. there? For now and about 15 or 10 to 15 Which weeks to
0: go. so fantastic for the game and I, without being uh, an anti-Liverpool person, Liverpool are the best team in the worst Premier League. For a while, I would say. Is that
1: what you reckon? I think, I think you've got a, I think you've got a case. Especially, I think Liverpool would win the league in any year. I don't think even the great uh, Man United and Arsenal Chelsea teams, teams and Arsenal teams would have would have got them. I don't think so, but I do also believe that this the runs from Leicester and Sheffield they're not coincidence. They're they're, they're quality outfits as well. They I mean, are. This, this isn't a fluke. Anyway, let's just steer back into the actual game between Sheffield and Bournemouth. Now, I probably haven't watched Sheffield as much as I would have liked this season and probably should have this season. But I was genuinely impressed what not just Sheffield brought to the table, but what Bournemouth did. They looked like a side who clearly want to stay up and obviously every Premier League team that's in danger of going down wants to stay up, but it wasn't just desperation that I saw from Bournemouth. It was genuine glimpses of quality and that was definitely the case for the first 10 to 15 minutes. Of course, Callum Wilson putting one in the back of the net after the follow-up from Fraser's shot. And, you know, honestly, I thought if Bournemouth played any other team, probably, you know, eighth and lower, they would have won on the week. And I felt sorry for Bournemouth because in the end, they just got overpowered by the home fans and the home team. And Sheffield at the moment just find a way to get results, which is so surprising from a team like Sheffield.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think going into the year, you wouldn't have you would have expected Bournemouth... Sheffield to be a pretty level match, wouldn't you? Like yeah. you wouldn't expect it fifth v uh, what a Bournemouth on table. But I mean, I think Bournemouth come out of that game with their heads held high. I mean, they scored their away goal. It's an impressive thing. They're up against a fifth team in what is the Premier League, which is no no mean feat. But honestly, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact we are talking about a Sheffield Bournemouth game. And Damon, I honestly, if at the start of the season that you come February, what are we? February, middle of February almost. Yep. Who the hell would have thought you'd want to be up at 1am in the morning watching Sheffield versus Bournemouth and be so interested in the game when it's not even about relegation?
1: Yeah, I know. Like, you'd have to say, like, if someone told you that, you'd be like, oh, big relegation battle sort of thing, like 17th versus 18th. But no, it was 5th versus, like, 16th or something. It was, yeah. And and so, but it, but it had massive ramifications for both ends of the table, I should say, and it's just... It's one of the most intriguing stories of the year and also one of the most intriguing stories of the year is Ollie McBurney. Now Ollie McBurney, we know how a couple of weeks ago, Sammy, he was in the Swansea away end and he got fined for, you know, having a little bit too much fun. Yep, yep. <laughs> but I know he's a Swansea, you know, fan, born and bred and Swansea player. But since coming across to Sheffield, you have to say he's had his moments, but I think in this last month or two, he's really come along and starting to put in these Sheffield performances. And I say that because I was actually watching the interview between Robbie Savage and Chris Wilder during the week, and and they said that when they were, Wilder and an assistant coach of his, when they were watching Sheffield before they took charge uh, together, they were watching a Sheffield game and they, they both looked at each other and said, this isn't the Sheffield team we know. Sheffield play with two strikers and it's attacking. And I think... Ollie McBurney in the last month or two has epitomised that he's really you know thirty duels he 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 reached yep. it's it's a phenomenal effort for you know a striker who is not the quickest not the most clinical but I thought he's an honest striker. Yeah, all the Sheffield fans yeah. asked for yeah. is the pom- performance that he gave on the weekend. Didn't yep. get get a goal or assist, but he did. He, he probably had the biggest influence yep. on the pitch at times.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, Damon. But I wanted to bring something up with you. So I was. You know, I wasn't here last week for obvious reasons, and I. But I did obviously. I'm a loyal podcast listener as I'm well. Glad we need to get. Hear. We, need to get the, <laughs> we need to keep the numbers circulating quite well. I mean, not all of us have day jobs and things like that. This is a good revenue stream for us, so we've got to boost the numbers. Boost it can. up, yeah. But what what, I, what what was interesting was the transfer talk I thought last week, mm-hmm. and, and you spoke about Sander Berg, the link that he is, <laughs> yeah. and you and Woody were talking him up quite a bit. I'm not going to lie, but. So I decided when watching this game that I was going to keep an eye on him. And I thought, to be fair, fitted in okay. Didn't wasn't amazing. But it was the only the 23 touches that he had, one which led to a Bournemouth goal. Did you talk him up too much? I don't think he's... You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Look,
1: I I think he played... uh, It was a genuine uh, 3-5-2 sort of that uh, Sheffield did go with. But I thought of the three mid central midfielders, he was probably the most advanced. And historically he's been more of a defensive midfielder. Dude, and he's a weird looking Yeah, he's he, like honestly a, he looks like, when I first saw him, I did not even recognise yeah. that it was that it was him. I was like, Who is that? I actually thought it was he was bigger than Ollie McBurney, which I was like, Jesus, who is that yeah. guy in the central midfield? I reckon
0: he's kind of like this is just going back to my FIFA reference, but he kinda in terms of stature and position he plays, kind of like a like a very a poor man socrates just yeah, yeah, just, just like an absolute lank just, length, just yeah. like an absolute lank it doesn't look like the, it the be, midfielder you know, version. a midfield player yeah, like, yeah. you know you expect to see him in center back or holding holding midfielder at, at, if anything so
1: yeah i, I just thought that um you, you you were pretty pretty spot on with your assessment i thought for a home debut you couldn't like it's not like he played badly but i I think he'll, you'd hope that he'll grow into that. I'm, I'm not roasting the bloke. He's played two games for Sheffield, new country, new language. But I'd, yeah, I'd, I just thought, you know, I, I tend to agree with you there, Sammy, that it probably wasn't his greatest day, but he did, he did enough for mine for the Sheffield fans to be satisfied.
0: Which, yeah, no, I agree. I just thought I'd bring it up because of the fact you guys did talk about Yeah, we, we pumped, pumped, you, get, pumped up his tyres and, and I like much. to get the one up on both of you when I can. It doesn't happen <laughs> that often. But I thought I'd mention that anyway. But on the flip, on the other side of the coin, Damon, we've got to talk about Bournemouth a bit here. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that they, as I mentioned earlier, I, I think they can hold their heads up high. Yep. And I think the players like Callan Wilson, Harry Wilson, Ryan Fraser, they all started well. Yep. And I feel as if, if they combine that and they do that for the entire game, they're not going to have a problem with relegation.
1: They're yep. going
0: to play well and they're going to get the, the results they need. But I just feel as if they fade. Towards the end of the game. And like Callum Wilson only had the 18 touches, all of which were in the 10 f- first 10 to 15 minutes. What's your sort of take on that? Like, what do they have to do to get through entire games? Because they were yeah, up. They it, were up. And
1: then. It's certainly been an issue for them all season. I think we this Bournemouth team, obviously, it's an incredible story that they made it all the way to the Premier League from the lower divisions. They've stuck around for probably longer than people thought. Eddie Howe's got the best out of this team for a while. But, yeah, I do tend to agree they fade really badly. I mentioned that Fraser uh, had a shot early on that was uh, pretty much put in on the rebound by Wilson, but he actually had one shot for the game. And it's just like, you know, you, you're one of the better players in the team. I know I read a little thing about Fraser, pretty much apologised to his whole the whole club mm-hmm. during, over the New Year period because he said that the transfer speculation to Arsenal got to his head. And he started going away from team values. And look, credit to him for you know putting his hand up about that. But that doesn't give you an excuse to, you know, still put out bad performances. And I'm not saying Fraser was poor, but he faded really badly. Do you think, and it was a reflection of the whole team performance. Do you think to be do you honest. think
0: it's a conditioning or a mental thing?
1: I think it's mental. I, I, I think as the season draws to a close, I would expect those fade outs to be delayed and delayed and delayed. And that's why I think Bournemouth that's that's what that's what's required for Bournemouth to stay. But, Pretty much exactly what you said. Sam. Yeah,
0: I just feel as if Bournemouth have still have absolute motivation to play and play well. They're not mid table. They're, yeah. not, they're not guaranteed relegation. They're, they've got everything. To play they've for. got everything to play for. The pride, staying in the Premier League. Like, I feel like if they're fading through games, and a Sheffield when you're one 0 up. You want to put the foot down away from home, or you don't want to. And, and and I just don't think they did that. And I don't. I think they've struggled with that all year, and I think it's something they really need to address if they want to stay up. Because as you said, they have enough talent on that pitch, especially offensively. Yeah, definitely. So I think they need to. Um, I don't know what it is, but they need to sort it out and stop fading so quickly. Otherwise, they're going to be in trouble.
1: Yeah. Well, Bournemouth from now have lost seven of their last eight Premier League away games. So you did touch on them scoring an away goal. I guess it's a start, but yeah. it has been an issue from them. Maybe that was a part of the reason for the fade. The, the home atmosphere sort of sucks the life out of them a little bit. But in saying that, Sheffield are absolutely flying now.
0: Every other team has to play away.
1: Yeah, the, <laughs> I know what you mean, Sammy. It's, it's, Sheffield are flying. They've, they've won six of the last seven Premier League games, um, especially against teams in the bottom half. And so the, their performances against bottom half teams are, are, are actually not your stereotypical performance from a club, uh, the way they play. We've spoken about how some of the bigger clubs actually prefer to play against other bigger clubs because they don't have as much of the ball. Sheffield play that way as well, but they still find a way to get through some of these small teams like Bournemouth. So it's really intriguing how sometimes excuses, what seems to be reasonable excuses for some teams, don't seem to be for the Sheffield team. They keep delivering. But steering away from the this particular game, I just want to bring in a segment, a temporary segment, and probably just be for this week, and maybe bring it in one or two more times later in the year. But it's something that has to be spoken about now. There's no better week to do it, and that is let's have a bit of a discussion about the relegation battle. All right, Sammy, and we'll, we'll go from the bottom of the table up.
0: All right, we'll start at the bottom. Norwich <laughs> Now there's one word to describe Norwich Cooked <laughs> Four wins for the year Not enough We all got so excited at the start of this year When the poogie train took off from the station And stopped right away <laughs> It was a great start We had him in our team of the season, Damon And then he literally lasted Like
1: Five weeks maybe
0: I'm not it. A- five weeks
1: well, I I know we thought it was cooked. Remember that game against Man City when they beat Man City at home? That yeah, was the one where like that was where it peaked, and then after that, just nothing happened.
0: Nothing happened. It was yeah. It was. I don't honestly don't think there's much to say about Norwich apart from the fact that they're going to be better for the experience, and the fans are going to have enjoyed a year in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I think also worth noting that their spending in January was next to nothing, and history suggests when teams do that, they've almost thrown in the towel because. Again, history suggests that if teams do invest heavily again and try to stay up, it kills them long term. It does kill if they long stay. Term. If they go down, if they go
0: down, yeah. Because you look at uh, com- uh, companies, teams like South is it uh, Sunderland? Yeah. Who I, f- I feel like when they were in the Premier League, they were always trying to stay up. They signed players like Jack Rodwell, didn't yep. work. Um, now they're stuck in League Two. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Leads another prime example. Leeds another prime example. It just it, I think the most important thing about these English clubs that are sort of, you know, they're not, they're not, Premier, they're not always Premier League, but they get it every now and then. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing for them is to when they get up into the Premier League is to not lose their identity. Yeah. And their connection with the fans. And I think that when, uh, uh, what, as I've said with Sunderland, I think when they were up there, they all they cared about was staying up. They signed the wrong players. The club lost a bit of their identity. Fans weren't happy. Manager got sacked. Um, Leeds is another one they just they've just like when you're trying so hard to to be mediocre in the top league and yeah. just stay there I think it's it just also, gonna do a lot more damage than good
1: the fact that their um, manager hasn't there hasn't there's no so I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Coles has the lowest prices of the season
0: and had to see for myself for real the deals are so good I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after sandy beach days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles. Ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.
1: Pressure on him yeah. either. And that's, again, symbolic that they haven't lost touch. Yeah. It's almost like... It's, it's, not, a, it's not a bad acceptance of their situation. It's a
0: mature realistic. acceptance. It's a realistic acceptance of their, uh, of their uh, situation. And I think all those players are going to be better for it. They're going to go back down to the mm. uh, championship and they're going to have a great year. Yeah, I, I think, think that's th- what the fans want. Or well, not everyone's fans wants to be in uh, competitive in the Premier League. But the reality I- is they've stayed true to who they are. And I think
1: it's. They'll be better for it next season. They'll be better for it next season. Also, worth noting, they just need one point to avoid being in the top five worst Premier League teams of all time. So, you think they'll probably get there. So, it's not not too embarrassing for Norwich. It's not
0: too embarrassing for Norwich,
1: no. All right, next up, Watford. I think Watford, their 19th place is probably one of the most bizarre
0: positions on the table Uh, I've seen in a long time. I honestly couldn't agree more because how long did it take them to win a game? Too bloody long. Too. too too long. And then they've come out and started firing in recent times. Although still sit nineteenth.
1: Yeah, it's like two weeks ago. You'd almost, you'd almost say what for The way they were playing, we weren't just going to avoid relegation. They weren't even going to be in the conversation. Come nah, a few they, weeks time. No,
0: nah, they would have been. They would have been. I would have felt they would have been top. Yeah. twelve, top ten.
1: But the problem is, uh, a disappointing loss after being two nil up to Everton, one uh, 0 up against Aston Villa, they lost that as well. And they drew again to Brighton. I just think little moments like that absolutely kill you because of their start to the season. If they go down, they will be kicking themselves. One
0: of the more bizarre things, just to add on to to what you've said about Watford already, is the talent they have on their list. Yeah. You look at guys like Deeney, Decore, Delafeu, Capoue. I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that they're not getting in the starting 11 at... Most clubs. Most yeah. clubs. Yeah, I, I, it's, it Even is really strange. United, like, like Dini, Decore, and probably Capule could easily play in United's midfield right now.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you there. I, I just think that the way they were playing, they've simplified it recently. I think Decore is playing a more advanced role. And that's Nigel. Credit to Nigel Pearson for doing that. And he might well keep them up. And look, personally, which I know we're going to get into a bit of um, like you know, guesses soon, Sammy. But for now, I think Watford are in serious trouble in terms of just they've they've kicked themselves in the foot thanks to their start to the I season. I think
0: yeah. I think the problem now doesn't lie with the fact that they've revitalised their form. It's that they're they're coming. It's it's like there's a hundred meters left to go. And you're 50 meters back. Yeah, and you need to get there. And it's going to be—you might re- well be the quickest
1: bloke on, the, and you in might the be race. the quickest
0: bloke in the race. But sometimes it's just too far back to crawl from, and that's the thing they're going to have to face. And they can't make any more silly mistakes. They can't drop easy games anymore, and that's a lot of pressure. And exactly. I don't know if they can do it. Next
1: up is the team. Well, we've spoken about a strong list. We're talking about another incredibly strong list here on paper, and that is West Ham. And they have the toughest job in world football. They the also
0: have what I think is one of the most talented players in, or in, well, maybe not in the Premier League, but definitely one of the most talented players probably outside of the top. Yep. F- top clubs In Felipe Anderson Who's just not found it this year Oh
1: he's He's dr- fallen off a cliff After he's, what he brought last season He's just not
0: found it this year Unfortunately for him And Which is a real shame When you see West Ham Sitting in 18th And the potential that they pr- Like had coming out of last year And it's just not going to get Easier for them is it I mean look oh. at their <laughs> upcoming <laughs> Alright well, who's
1: going to go through it Sammy? Are you going to go through it Or do you want me I think you can go through it Alright Liverpool away Southampton at home, Arsenal away, Wolves at home, Spurs away, Chelsea at home. And that's not including the Manchester City game that just got postponed. So that's going to be in there somewhere as well.
0: Oh, so... I mean, Honestly, oh, so I can't see them staying up. I, I can't d- see them staying up. They I
1: mean, This will be... Speaking of teams going... Uh, backwards due to financial investment and then it not coming off, this is a prime example. They could and be in big trouble.
0: They're kidding themselves if they think Felipe Anderson is going to stay in play in the so championship. So many teams. <laughs> Snodgrass has left Hull yep. City
1: at, before once he's been relegated, yep. so he'll probably leave again. Yep. Look, guys like Creswell, yep. Fabianski, their keeper. Their
0: keeper, who's actually a really good keeper. He is, he is.
1: <laughs> and so like it's these players, they're, in, they're probably already thinking... If if this doesn't if this doesn't happen for us, we're, speaking to their agents, where's my next where's my next job coming from? Where's
0: my next job coming from? Absolutely. And now uh, we move on to Aston Villa.
1: Aston Villa, a big club, the biggest of the lot, you'd have to say in terms of fan base.
0: Yeah, yeah, you'd have to agree with that. So they all us have the most to lose, then, wouldn't you say? If they've got the biggest fan base. Yeah, I think in
1: terms of they're they're probably the best for the league. Uh, West Ham are probably up there as well. But you know, I've I've seen so much. I haven't had the uh, you know, the pleasure of going to Villa Park, but you do hear that if yeah. there's a stadium you're going to go to, pick Villa Park because it's just an incredible experience. Yeah. So it would be a massive loss for the league, and I don't think anyone wants to see Jack Grealish go.
0: Especially Woody. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think West... Uh, sorry, Aston Villa getting relegated out of the Premier League is something that Premier League fans don't really want to see. They bring a lot to the table in terms of their culture and their history, and I think, in my opinion, they're a Premier League team, and they should be there.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think... If, if if Aston Villa go down, Grealish will leave. But I also think if Villa stay up, Grealish might leave as well. So they've probably got a few things after their big investment in the offseason to have a rethink about if they do stay up, how they're going to approach next season.
0: Yep. Now, Bournemouth, we spoke about them earlier. Damon, I'll let you just explain where they sit.
1: I think for mine, yeah, we summed it up perfectly as well. If those you know great attacking players, King, Wilson, Wilson, Fraser can keep the standard up for more than 10 and 15 minutes in games, they'll probably be okay and probably stay up. But it just doesn't seem to be happening for them. And uh, they're a serious concern. Eddie Howe, he's been in there a long, long time. And I think if they go down, maybe they just need to hear a new voice in the dressing room. You know what I mean? That might be another case that we probably should have touched on in the match analysis. Finally, Brighton.
0: Now, Brighton, the ultimate stays. They find a way to stay up. But this year they bring exciting football to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's going to play a lot into their hand in their, in their battle to stay up again. And I think it's really positive that they have been able to make their sort of game yeah. a bit more exciting. And I, a bit I more...
1: 100% got you. I mean, obviously got the Aussie connection as well with yeah. Matty Ryan yeah. and Aaron Moy. And I just think the, the strange thing is, despite the ent- more entertaining football they play now, they're actually on the exact same points mm. as they were this time last season.
0: I back Brighton to stay, though, just like last year. Yeah, I, I think they're just, They. I feel like, I feel like they're in, as, as you just said, they're in the same place, but I think they're in the same place in a better place. In a head, headspace-wise. In a wise. headspace-wise. So I, I think, I don't think, My. I'd be surprised if Brighton went down from here.
1: All right, on that, just to finish up this relegation battle talk, who are the three that are going down for you right now? Pick them, go.
0: Uh, Norwich. Yep. Um, uh, going to almost say Bournemouth. Okay. And I also don't think Watford can crawl their way
1: out. All right, my three are Norwich, uh, Bournemouth as well, but I'm going West Ham. I just think that is going to be one of the saddest stories of the season. I don't um, want West Ham to go down. Neither, I neither do I, I'm... but their run home, well, the next month and a half, two months, just looks too grim for me to ignore. And I think Watford have shown enough in the past, past month to maybe get enough points to stay up. All right, Sammy? Ready to move on to winners and losers? Let's do it. Oi, did someone say winners and losers? Sure did, mate. All right, Sam, I'm going to kick off with this one. And my winner is a bloke that didn't even play on the weekend, and that's Nick Pope. (laughs) Not every day that you're, you're off on your holiday, or a winter break, I should say, and most likely, let's be honest, get a call from Sarah, uh, Gareth Sarah, Gareth Southgate saying, "Mate, pack your bags for Euro twenty twenty because Jordan Pickford on the weekend made another howler up against Chris, Christian Benteke." Yep. He, other than Kepper, Pickford has the worst save percentage in the league. It's becoming a serious issue for Everton, despite their good run of form at the moment. And I think that Nick Pope, along with Dean Henderson, are the two best English goalkeepers in the world right now and they should be on the plane before Pickford. So yeah, Nick Pope, his form for Burnley been outstanding. I reckon he's got a ticket to the Euros. Fall from grace for
0: Pickford after the World Cup, isn't it, Ben?
1: Yep, massive. Alright, Sammy, who is your winner?
0: So my winner is Everton, Damon. And the reason for that, since signing Carlo Ancelotti, Everton have scored 17 points in the league with five wins, two draws and one loss. And I think that that says a lot given the fact that they... We, we were we were berating them. Yeah. You were berating them I, earlier I in the year. and incredibly hard on them. Just another interesting stat about that is that Liverpool is the only team to have scored more than them with 24 since that period. So they're flying. They're not in any trouble at the moment. Good on Everton for pulling themselves out and well done on the management team for getting the Carlo Ancelotti
1: in. B- bit of a similar situation to Watford, but a different context that their start of the season is going to cost them... You know, potentially a great yeah. season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, Sammy, my loser is Manchester City. And I know, again, they didn't play on the weekend, but on face you know face value, it just sort of looks like, oh yeah, City have got a game delayed against West Ham. They'll make up for it. But from Feb 23 through to March 21, so 28 days, they play eight games and that's not including the rescheduling of the West Ham game and also their hosting of Arsenal. I think, not so much in the league. The league's probably, they're not too fussed about the league and they might rotate some players during this period. But against with the FA Cup and the Champions League, that's when that really starts to kick in late Feb and early March. That's going to be a real test for Pep to, to tweak his teams each game, really, to stay competitive in the competitions where they're realistically a chance for a trophy. So, yeah, they've got a big month coming up and that Postponed game doesn't make it any easier for them. Sammy, who's your loser?
0: So I was touched on it before, and I actually tipped them to go down in the league this uh, year, and that's Watford. Simple as that. They blew another chance. Uh, they're still they're too far back, in my opinion, now, and I mm-hmm. think that's cost them. Even though they're playing good football, uh, they can't afford to make silly mistakes anymore. And that was a the game they should have won, and they didn't do it.
1: Yep, fair enough. Alrighty, Sammy. Let's move on to our final segment, one that. We probably don't have as much as we used to, but it's one that's come back again this week, and that is on or off side. All right, Sam, I'm going to kick, kick it off with one to you that I reckon is really, really intriguing, especially one that's developed a lot in the past week. So here it is, on or off side. Christian Eriksen is giving Tottenham a right old whack as he transitions into the Serie a and more specifically into this Inter Milan team?
0: Onside. <laughs> Absolutely onside. I mean, Ericsson said it's good to be at a club that has a chance of winning trophies. Whack. Now, that's a huge call considering Tottenham were in the Champions League final last year. <laughs> <laughs> but he also said that the Milan Derby was the best ever atmosphere he has seen and English football can't compete. Now I don't know about you, but I think whenever there's a new job or something that's different to what you've been doing before, mm-hmm. there's a honeymoon period.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get where you're going.
0: Eriksson's in the honeymoon period, and he's salty at Tottenham. For some, <laughs> like we all know, he's they didn't end leave on the best of terms. He's in the honeymoon period. He's feeling like he's just I don't know. He just wants to pot. Yeah And I think it's pretty low It shows a bit of immaturity On his behalf It's a,
1: it's a fair whack At the North London derby Which is I probably mean, one of the biggest derbies In the English league
0: And a, and a club that What He spent so long at He's, Yeah he, Like it's just petty I don't like it I think footballers Can be a bit like that They're big babies On millions of dollars Of pounds at times And it, it's not nice If you're a If you're a Tottenham supporter You don't want to hear that Yeah you You're a Premier him, League support, supporter
1: Supported him for so long And yeah, yeah Obviously we're Premier League fans Yeah we're, we sit here and talk about it every week. So, obviously, we have a bit of bias towards the English league. And, you know, we don't like hearing that stuff. And, look, no, I'm not saying the Serie A is a bad league. And um, the Inter Milan versus AC Milan derby was an unreal game. But, you know, come on, Ericsson. Like, just a settle man. down. Mate,
0: Serie A is a wash-up. Right? <laughs> All it attracts is 35-year-olds like Ronaldo and Ibrahimovic. Can't even <laughs> play football anymore.
1: <laughs> Alrighty, Sammy. What have you got for me?
0: So, Damon. James Madison should have been one of our winners in the winners and losers segment.
1: This is a massive, massive onside. Actually, to be fair, I'm not sure my girlfriend would agree with this, but Jimmy Madison made the absolute most of his winter break. Him and Benny Chilwell, actually, uh, along with some other friends, you know, non-football friends, went off to Dubai, and Jimmy Madison was pictured chugging down thousands of of dollars or thousands of pounds worth of champagne and by worth I mean he literally had one bottle which was worth a thousand dollars and so he's clearly enjoying his time but the reason I mentioned uh the female aspect of this on or off side is because he hooked up with Sophie Kenyon the 21 year old model and you could tell he was pretty happy about it as well you know winning on and off the field is Jimmy Madison. So good on to him. I know he's a big poker player as well and I'm a big poker fan. So he clearly, you know, me and Jimmy have a lot in common. That's all I'm saying. Jesus. <laughs> Alrighty, Sammy, i got one for you. Unai Emery has a point when it comes to his comments about former club Arsenal.
0: Offside, Damon. Unai claimed that before he came to Arsenal that the club was on a downhill slope and that it needed more time to create the Arsenal that he wanted. We all know that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So come on mate. You had Arsenal in the worst position they've ever been in in 30 years. They'd still have only won six games. You spent 75 million on an attacker when everybody knew you needed midfielders and defenders. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the look on your face now is as if to say like what the fuck? Seriously. It's it yeah, it, it is completely bizarre. Sammy, I mean hundred percent agree, and he bought, he bought Pepe and Captain Xhaka. It, it wasn't there's some strange moves. I, I tend to agree, and Arteta's got a massive repair job now, oh, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah,
0: poor bastard.
1: <laughs> All righty, Sammy, Last one for me.
0: The Sun newspaper, Damon. Boy, does that have some serious explaining to do.
1: Yeah, now, this is a really, really interesting story. And, Sammy, I'm not sure if you've heard of this one, but you know we've well, been... given
0: I asked you the question, Damon, I'm pretty sure I know what it's about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alrighty, so, The Sun. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ed Woodward's house was attacked, the uh, CEO of Manchester United. Uh, he, his house was attacked. Luckily, him and his family weren't home, but flares and other items were thrown into his backyard. It was quite the scene. But what, people, what, what got people talking was the fact that the sun were there reporting on it. They took live photos, and they were there before the police, which was a massive, massive issue for a lot of people. And I can understand why.
0: Yeah, what the
1: hell? Anyway, it's come out. Well, Man United are now taking action about it. That the sun were actually tipped off that something was going on, was going to happen at Edwards' house this night, and that's why they had reporters there ready to go. Now, to
0: dirty. To... That is
1: yeah. That is not good. I'm not sure about the specific legal requirements of journalism and newspapers, but I'm pretty sure if something like that is said and comes out to these, you know, establishments that these journalists need to notify the police. Because, yes, I know nothing happened, but who's to say it couldn't have been could have been a lot worse? They claimed that they thought it was just going to be a rally or something like that. But nevertheless, it could have been a lot worse and ended a lot worse for, you know, I'm not talking drastic, drastic measures, but we're just lucky no one got hurt in this situation. Do you get what I'm saying, Sam?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And so, yeah, the Sun have a, bit, a lot of explaining to do. And I'm, I don't think this is the end of this situation. So I'm keen to, you know, keep a listen and keep my eyes open for what's going to happen with this. And I think it's one of the more intriguing stories off-field of the year. And anyway, Sammy, this pretty much wraps up Wraps up the show, um, Woody. I hope you enjoyed it. I know, hundred percent, he's listening. He's going to be the first listener, isn't he?
0: He's is going to be the first listener. <laughs> he doesn't like not being here.
1: He hates it. His he, um, message is halfway through this episode again, asking how it's going, <laughs> and we don't even have a special guest on. He just wants to be a part of it. He has FOMO big time when it comes to the nightclub. It's his baby, man. It is. Alrighty, Sammy. If people want to check out the Instagram to see news flashes and so much more, where can they find it? At Premier League Nightclub. And if you want to see it on the Twitter at PL Nightclub, and also search Premier League Nightclub on Facebook, if you want to get, if you're a Facebook man, please, if you could, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to. It does really help us grow as a pod. We can get more special guests, better content out. And so, until next time, Sammy, have a good week, and I hope everyone's Premier League team gets the win. See ya. Turn off your laptop we're on staycation i'm on totalwine.com they have so many rosés chardonnays and proseccos it feels like a real vacation wondrous selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices total wine and more everybody should definitely come to Baltimore
0: we have a way of speaking to each other through food it's really renewed for me my love of what i do
1: It's going to take something far stronger than a pandemic to defeat us. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. See what we've got going on. Plan your visit at Baltimore.org.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.